Elmer's Tune. I don't know this song. Glenn Miller, 1941. Because on the, if you have just a regular serious radio, uh, at least the way that I have it in my car, the Holiday Traditions Christmas channel has moved back to being the 40s, 40s channel, which is okay because it's January 2nd uh, and the holidays are pretty much over. It's 4 p.m. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing a little impromptu podcast in the car to pretend that, uh, that work isn't starting up in full force, uh, in about 16 hours, 17 hours from now. Uh, and last week was fairly relaxed. I, I worked last week. I wasn't going to, I was going to take the whole week off, but then my boss said like, oh yeah, you and the other guy who's a contract, like, yeah, if you guys want to work next week, you can, you know, get, get a paycheck, all that. And I said, oh, don't say that. I wish he hadn't, if he had never said that, it wasn't even a thought in my head because the whole firm was closed. I'm like, great, take the week off. (sighs) But I had shit that I was working on and I wanted to get it in a good good spot, an even better spot than it was in. So I did a bunch of stuff. Worked, I worked every day last week. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a fucking asshole. Um, but that's okay. Good Christmas. Uh, I didn't post uh, my predictions for the football games this past weekend. I totally forgot. I made my picks. I have my notepad for whatever this was, week 17. I got almost all of them right, of course, because I didn't post it, so there's no actual way to prove that. Um, I had, like, the New Orleans and Philly. I picked Philly. Okay. Uh, What was another one that I was wrong? I think I picked Washington over Cleveland. Cleveland won. Uh, I think I I picked Baltimore over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won. And then there was one more that was kind of... I don't know if it was a toss-up or if it was just, like... I can't remember if it was one of those like, ah, this could go either way. Oh, Atlanta and Arizona. That was the, those were the four games that I got wrong in the prediction podcast that I didn't post for this week's football games. Uh, yeah, those were the games that I got only four wrong. And then tonight's Monday Night Football, Balt- uh, Baltimore, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. That should be something. That should really be extraordinary. Uh, I picked Buffalo to win that one, but yeah, whatever. Not that it matters. So I could, I could end up going like twelve and four. Even if I don't, I go eleven and five. But it doesn't count because I never posted it. So what? Big deal. And then tomorrow I will actually do predictions for NFL Week 18, the final week of the NFL regular season coming, coming at you. It just, uh, it uh, just a few days. Uh, sad. I think there's a couple games on Saturday. One of them is a who gives a shit. I forgot what it is. It's like uh, the Chiefs and Raiders. I, and it's not a who gives a shit. It should be a good game. It'll still be competitive. But the Raiders are out of the playoff picture completely, officially. So, and, and Kansas, you know, it's just Kansas City just needs to make sure they get a win and uh, cement that. Are they locked in as the as the number one seed? I think they are, but I, maybe I'm maybe that's uh, the difference maker if the raiders beat them maybe they won't be maybe they're back in the wild card situation it could be it anyway uh and then the, the other game is like uh tennessee and jacksonville i want to say i think uh that's huge 
because I don't know what else needs to happen, but Tennessee could get into the playoffs. They're not eliminated. They're not in. Uh, they would certainly need a win this upcoming weekend. Um, and probably like 15 other things need to happen. You know, those weird playoff scenarios where it's like, oh, yeah, Tennessee would need to beat Jacksonville. Uh, and then uh, New England would have to lose their game uh, at 4.30 p.m. during the full moon while uh, Bill Belichick is scratching his left arm with his right hand and wearing a gray hoodie. I don't know. It's, it's always these fucking scenarios. It's like, oh, my God. Just who cares? <laughs> and those are two teams that I can't stand no matter what. I don't care if Tennessee is good. I don't care if Jacksonville is good. Those are two teams that I wish I wish those cities didn't have NFL teams, quite honestly. I know that's harsh. Or or at least, like, had better better names, better colors, better, like, Jacksonville has the most horrendous colors it's just awful. Tennessee's colors are fine, but there's just something about. I, I remember when I first got into football, and I didn't even know those, the the those cities had teams, um, and I didn't know that Carolina. I didn't know that Charlotte had a football team. You know, 20 years ago when I first started really watching football, I didn't know because those teams hadn't done any. Nobody cared about any of those teams. Uh, and of course, then the Panthers got into the you know went to the Super Bowl against New England. Uh, at the end of the 2003 season. Um, so then, you know, you kind of paid attention to them a little bit more. But, like, I just remember thinking, like, ugh, Jacksonville, Charlotte, and Nashville have teams. Why? Aren't there, are we out of cities already? Are we out of cities that are better than those cities that we can give football teams to? It's like, all right, Charlotte, uh, I get and maybe, you know, perhaps from having lived there, I think that's what, and I'm still not a Panthers fan at all. I'm just, you know, I don't care, but, uh, I get it. And Nashville, look, Nashville is like such an up and coming. I don't know if it's up and coming. I think it's past that. I think it, I think it's already, it's been coming. I think Nashville has been coming hard for many <laughs> years now. Cause all the music stuff, you know, it's like country music, uh, center of the universe, uh, as it probably should be. Um, you know, it's, it's big stuff, (sighs) but Jacksonville, you know, for whatever, for whatever amount, uh, Tennessee, you know, Nashville stock has risen in the years. I would say Jacksonville has gone down, uh, you know, proportionately inversely, whatever, uh, Jacksonville is. Yeah, I remember I was at a pool once at a hotel in Jackson, Ponte Vedra, just uh, in the Jackson, the greater Jacksonville area. And uh, I remember yeah, there was an old guy who had a, you know, it was in the pool and he had a wheel, uh, not a wheelchair, he had a rascal scooter. And he had Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't even know what the hell it was. It was like whatever their best year was. Or maybe it wasn't even, maybe it was that one year that they had this, remember when they had the Super Bowl in Jacksonville? 2006? Five? I don't even remember what year that was. 2005 or six. It was one of those. I don't think it was 2007. Mm. No, I think it was, it was 05 or 06. Who cares? Um, 
But uh, that was like, it was like notoriously horrible Super Bowl just as far as Jacksonville being completely ill-equipped to host the Super Bowl. I think they had like hotel boats out on the wall. I don't know if they turned like cruise ships into like, you know, I I don't know. They, they had, they, they really quickly realized like, oh God, we don't have, we don't have the infrastructure to support the Super Bowl quite in the way that the NFL wants us to. And NFL is obviously now, you know, Jacksonville is not getting a Super Bowl ever again, at least not anytime soon. And, uh, and the NFL has very, uh, very rigorous protocol requirements, all these things that need to be in place for a city to even be considered to have a Super Bowl. And, uh, yeah, it has to have, you know, X number of hotel rooms. It has to have, you know, the airport needs to be a certain size. It has to be this. It has to have that. It has to have roadways that are this. The stadium has to have, you know, the upgrades that are required, you know, it's a bunch of shit, tons and tons of stuff to make it, which is why, like, really, you know, for a while there, they were like, hey, we're gonna have the Super Bowl in Minnesota, we're gonna have it in Detroit, we're gonna have it in New York, and all, it's like, stop going to fuck Indianapolis had it, like, 10 years ago, and it's like, stop going to fucking cold places for the Super Bowl, and I know New York is the center of the universe, They should not have a Super Bowl. Uh, Neither should Detroit. Sorry. Neither should Indy. Neither should Minnesota. Neither should Chicago. Like, none of those places. I mean, they even had one in, uh, you know, in Dallas. It's funny because the year that they had the Super Bowl in Indianapolis, they had, like, record high temperatures in the 60s, 70s. I don't recall exactly. And then the following year, I think, I don't know. I don't remember which one came first. What? they had it in Dallas and it was like ice storms and snow and all this crap. So like, and look, I get it. That's not the norm for Dallas. And I know that in early February, you know, the Super Bowl is like on what could be statistically like the coldest or one of the coldest days. And, you know, January is the coldest month, but February ain't a whole hell of a lot different from January. And right now it's 50 degrees on January 2nd. And it's going to be like 50-something tomorrow and then like 60 on Thursday. And then the temperature is going to drop, but it's still going to be in the 40s, which is still above normal for this time of year. I'm not complaining right now, though. I'm ready for snow when that happens. I'm just not ready for it right now. Uh, What else? What else? What was I going to say? What was I going to say? Yeah, so... You know, it's unpredictable. You could have it in any of these places and you could have a huge snowstorm. You know, when I lived in Charlotte, I thought like, man, this would, I mean, you know, the the stadium and everything, this would be a good place to have a Super Bowl because it's not like, it's not necessarily going to be warm, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be the temperatures of like Minnesota. And again, I know they had these things when they were indoor, you know, Detroit was an indoor Super Bowl. Indy was an indoor Super Bowl. Uh, the New York one was not, but whatever. Um, I don't even remember that one. Which one was that? Was that like, ah, who knows? But anyway, the Super Bowl city, it should be all the obvious ones, right? It should be Miami. It should be Tampa. It should be Houston, Phoenix, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, San Francisco, 
uh, and a couple a uh, couple other spots in between, I guess maybe. Uh, you know, I would say I mean I would say San Diego, but there's no NFL team there anymore, so it seems. I don't know. It would be nice, though, if they did throw a bone to the people of San Diego and said, yeah, sorry, your football team uh, moved to Los Angeles, which also has another football team, even though a few years ago L.A. had zero football team. And now you have two, and now San Diego has none, and St. Louis has none. And I don't mind that. I actually don't care. I do wish the Chargers were still in San Diego, though, but, you know, that's fine. I don't know that that at least saying at least at least it's in the same goddamn state. If somebody from San Diego, who was a lifelong Chargers fan, was bummed about the Chargers leaving San Diego, at least it's like eh, what I what is it like an hour drive, hour and a half north, and you could be in L.A. Like you could easily go see uh, the L.A. Chargers <laughs> play. But anyway, those those to me, uh, New Orleans. Did I say New Orleans? Uh, Atlanta, yeah, those those kinds of places, and there's probably a few others in there that I'm just I'm just forgetting about. But uh, to me, that's where that's where that's where Super Bowls should happen. Charlotte, I can't imagine is going to happen anytime soon either, because I would think that stadium needs all kinds of upgrades, and I I know for sure that there is absolutely no way that there are enough hotels, even close to enough hotels, to be able to accommodate all the people that would that would flock to that city for a Super Bowl. And that's the big thing. It's like, well, people need a place to stay. Gotta have hotels, gotta have this, gotta have that. And it's also, I mean, you know, the risk-reward, uh, it's like, okay, you have one Super Bowl in a place like Charlotte, and it might be warm, it might be a nice, uh, it might be a perfect 60-something degree day. It might be absolutely ideal. Or it could be uh, there could be six inches of snow in the forecast. The three winters that I was in Charlotte, uh, there was snow every year, and if I'm not mistaken, the snow all, I pretty much all of it happened in February, like early to mid February, like right around yeah the beginning of February, President's Day ish. And then, and then you get into, you know, and then maybe throughout February, maybe there's a small chance in early March, but it's already starting to warm up by then. It's already, you know, the, the blossoms are blossoming and all that shit and the trees, uh, you know, so, um, uh, so yeah, but the Super Bowl is not in March. The Super Bowl is in February and I, I feel like that would be, and it's an outdoor stadium and it could be, it could be kind of miserable. It could also be lovely. And that was the thing I didn't, one of many things I didn't like about living down there in a place like Charlotte is you didn't, like, I was so sick all the time, all winter long, because you'd wake up one day and it's like 19 degrees outside and it feels like New York, it feels like New England, it feels like all the other cold places in the country. And then you realize that their temperatures are like negative 20, but still, when you get down below freeze, it's cold, it's cold and it hurts and it sucks. Uh, and it would be like that for a couple days. And then like, oh, the forecast for this weekend would be back up into the low seventies. Like, oh, all right. (laughs) And then you'd have a 70 something day and you'd go to the playground with the kids and you'd do outdoor activities and go on a nice walk. And then like the next day would be the same. Like, oh, wow. And then, and then you'd get six inches of snow like later that week. 
<laughs> so, yeah, it was um, it was annoying. I I just I can't have that. It's hot. It's cold. It's hot. It's cold. It's it's rainy. It's snowy. It's this. It's that. And and the snow that we did get when we lived there was like, wow! I can't believe how much snow we're getting. This is crazy. Uh, but anyway, who cares? Enough about that. Uh, I, yeah, I I just can't imagine Charlotte getting a Super Bowl. I and the same thing. Like, man, if I'm honestly, because Charlotte used to, when I lived there, that was a place like North Carolina was big. Like Hollywood, you know. Sh- shot a lot of stuff there now a lot of stuff is you know for many years has been in georgia atlanta you know you see it at the end of how many shows and things are that made in georgia thing flashes up with the little peach uh in north carolina used to be i remember like banshee remember that show banshee i remember i remember you know they were filming scenes downtown and uh what's that other one homeland uh not to be confused with Homelander, played by Tony Starr, who was the star of Banshee. Um, but the show Homeland was also filmed in. I remember, like, oh my God, that's where I, that's my parking lot, right by the fire station. I can't believe it. I parked there. You know, as Mandy Patinkin and uh, Claire Danes are walking around what's supposed to be Washington, D.C. Uh, and a, a whole bunch of stuff. They filmed a lot of stuff in, in North Carolina. And then. I don't know whoever the governor was uh like jacked up all all the all the taxes and all the things to, and then, and then everybody was like all right we're done uh and then the they had the whole thing with the bathroom bill and you know they went out of their way to make sure like hey let's not let's not uh, get any more of this business from Hollywood and now I don't I don't know they really shoot much of anything down there and it's like man if I'm if I'm uh, you know, pretty high up the food chain, the political food chain in a place like North Carolina, or if I'm the mayor of Charlotte or, you know, somebody with a little bit of power, I'm thinking, yeah, let's get, let's try and make this place a destination. It's not a de- destination for anything. I mean, yeah, if you want to come watch a football game, uh, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> you know, if you're like a hardcore, like Tampa Bay fan, you can take a pretty quick plane ride up to see the to see the teams play each other i don't know why i guess if you need to see every game but there's not a lot of you know hey we're, we're taking our vacation in charlotte you know it's it's a place uh for people to move to and live there and it's a nice place a lot of jobs uh you know the cost of living even though it has skyrocketed it's still less than a lot of other places. Uh, but I'm, I really, <laughs> they spend all this time building. I've, I've said it a million times. I went to work one day and there was a lush forest of trees. And I came home that day and it had all been chopped down, cleared out, gone. Just dirt. Not even tree stuff. I mean, it was gone. That eight hours that I was in the office, a whole crew took down an entire. <laughs> it's forest but i mean it's like a that's a lot it's a lot of trees how many trees could you take down in eight hours i don't know that i could take down any trees in eight hours and these guys had it all cleared out and now it's uh i don't know what the heck's gas stations and grocery store the same shit that's on every fucking corner uh 
I was going to say down there, but nowadays that's what every corner everywhere looks like. That's probably the saddest thing was when I moved to Florida and then ultimately to Charlotte, North Carolina, down south, everything kind of looks the same. All the intersections look the same. Gas station, gas station, gas station, uh, strip mall, strip mall, strip mall. Everything's in a strip mall. Everything looks identical. There's no charm. There's no sense of like history. There's no, it's just really kind of a soulless, uh, strip mall and gas station, uh, haven and fast food restaurant and all that stuff. And now like (laughs) being back in the Northeast, you drive around like one of our favorite restaurants in Nashua, the country tavern, uh, closed down in 2020 for good. I think the owners were getting ready to close it anyways, but the pandemic, uh, I think hurried those plans along and, uh, it didn't get any kind of historic designation. It was an old farmhouse. I was disappointed about that. I'm sure, I'm sure palms were greased to make sure that it didn't get historic, uh, designation. Uh, nobody bought it, you know, whoa, watch yourself asshole, uh, to like, you know, turn it into a a new restaurant or anything like that. And the rumor was, yeah, it's going to be demolished and it's going to become a gas station. And I thought, well, that's too soon to tell. Let's see what happens. And because you'd hear different things. Oh, maybe somebody bought it. Maybe it's going to, oh, maybe, maybe they're going to do that. And uh, and then, of course, you don't know what to believe until then you see the bulldozers and half of the restaurant's gone and then the whole restaurant's gone. And now it's a gas station. Now it is like one of the busiest gas stations in town. <sighs> and it makes me want to cry every time I go past it because now it's an intersection that looks like every other goddamn intersection everywhere else. And that stuff that was like, I mean, even where I'm from, upstate New York, obviously every place that there's strip malls everywhere. There's that kind of thing that, that sort of shit is, is everywhere. But there was just a nice mix of different things, you know, a restaurant, a standalone restaurant here and there that just looked unique and different, you know, maybe in an old farmhouse or maybe some kind of unique looking building. And yeah. And the more I go back there, the more it looks like every town in Florida every town in the south it's just they're just building up 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 you know that mixed use shit where it's like the little shops cute little shops and they have their cute little names you know the the fucking the villas at something or the this at the 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 oasis at uh uh, i don't know oak creek I, i guarantee you if i googled that there's someplace somewhere called the oasis at oak creek it's all the it's the it's the something at and then a, and then an adjective of like that describes like a tree or something. Basically, it describes all the shit that used to be there before they destroyed it all and put this disgusting, hideous fucking building that looks like every other fucking building on the planet. Clifton Park, in particular, like you know, I haven't been back there much in three years, and then we went this summer. Uh, for the first time since 2019. And this stuff was there the last time we were there, but I really just didn't get much of a chance to take a look at it. And it's like, oh my God, you know, this hotel and right across the street from the hotel that's attached to my childhood mall, which is not my childhood mall anymore. There's a there's a small section by the movie theater that looks like it used to look. And then the rest of it 
got wiped out and they turned it into the strip, the outdoor strip mall type thing. <sighs> Yay. Uh, with, you know, like uh, the pasta factory or whatever fucking jackass piece of shit. Yeah, the fucking Olive Gardens there. You know, all that crap. <sighs> um, I think California Pizza Kitchen. I believe, Am I wrong? I feel like there's a California Pizza Kitchen. Uh, but I think that was there. Right around the time that we moved away. I, I can't remember. It all just looks so hideous. It's such... And Clifton Park's a bad example because it's, it's one of the ugliest places. <laughs> you, can, you can buy a very nice home, very nice home for a very reasonable price or, or a lot of money in Clifton Park. They have a lot of... Most of the homes in Clifton Park, New York, are very nice. Big. My grandparents lived there for 50 years. Uh, my best, uh, I, I, my, my best friend since, uh, he was born a month after me, uh, his parents have lived there, uh, since we were maybe six, six years old, something like that, five, six years old. So almost 40 years they've lived there and they have a great, beautiful house, a great spot. It's a great place. But then you go to like the main, it's just like, oh my God, it's just these hideous looking shopping centers and it just looks it just looks so gross it's just you know it's so crappy looking and that mixed use stuff just makes me i just want to oh i want to pull my hair out when i see it it's the oasis at oak landings and we've got shot there's uh there's the sephora <laughs> and there's the chipotle and I don't know what are the other fucking stupid stores that people uh, whatever and there's uh what was I gonna I was just gonna say some fucking oh there's uh there's the crumble cookies and there's the Kilwins ice cream oh, well now I'm naming things that I actually like do like crumble cookies and kill but anyway and there's the coffee shop and then there's apartments uh one bedroom starting at uh, twenty five hundred a month. And you'll never buy a house. And we're just going to keep building more of these instead of houses. <sighs> okay. Sounds fun. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just going on and on. I needed to talk. I haven't done a podcast in forever. I wanted to do something. I'm here in the car. I was running some errands. I got some gas. I got the prescription for the child. I got some cherry cordials from Walgreens because you can't have... We didn't have Chris. We didn't have any uh, chocolate covered cherries for Christmas. Any cherry cordials, and uh, my thirteen year old is a, as big a fan of those delicious candies as I am, if not more so. And so, so yeah, I uh, I went out to Walgreens on New Year's Eve and got a few boxes of cherry cordials because uh, the thirteen year old. Their only the only thing they wanted to do for New Year's was. The last thing that they ate before the ball dropped <laughs> to be a cherry cordial. And then the first thing that they ate after the ball dropped to be a cherry cordial. So the last the last thing they ate in 2022 was a cherry cordial. And the first thing they ate in 2023 was a cherry cordial. I'm like, okay. That sounds good. Um, and they did exactly that with 30 seconds to go. We we're like, hurry, hurry. And they had to open up a new box. I'm like, you're going to miss it. You're not going to get to have the drink. 20 seconds. 
And then they they shoveled the thing into their mouth, and then the ball dropped, and they were done. And like, okay, you did it. Now have your now have your New Year's uh, twenty twenty three cherry cordial. But man, I was I drove past that Walgreens, and I said, well, I know for a fact they've got a million boxes left. So I ran in and grabbed grabbed three. That's a smart idea. Um, what what else was I gonna say here? Uh, anyway, yeah. So that that mixed use shit. It's just like it's it makes me so sad when you see something that you used to have like kind of a unique. You know, the architecture was maybe a little bit different. It kind of you know yeah maybe it's not modern, but it it has the charm and it's a familiar sort of landmark and and all these kind of things and or or it was just trees which is also a nice thing to have just you know trees or a, you know with nature um and then to see these things you know and then the, a completely obstructed view with these like five story fucking things mixed use uh crap uh, just yeah it makes me sad it makes me sad and and it's uh, when we left to move south it wasn't really like that and then we came back to the northeast and it's like man was i just not paying attention or there's a lot of stuff around these parts and by these parts i mean new york new england uh, stuff that didn't used to look like the south too much it's like a lot of stuff starting to look kind of like it does down south and like down in florida and like some of these other bigger cities that yeah kind of kind of and it's just like, oh my god, these just horrible shopping centers with, uh, with just like too much stuff in them. And it's like, oh good, you put, you put the grocery store right next to like, I don't know, Best Buy, and the fucking Chipotle, <laughs> and whatever the other places are that people like to go to, Jimmy John's, Jersey Mike's, or whatever stupid thing. Starbucks and it's all it's like I know I know it's one sort of central location but also in the old days stuff used to be kind of scattered all over the place sure you couldn't go to the one spot and say like all right there's uh you know there's yeah there's the grocery store there and there's Best Buy right here and then there's Lowe's right here and there's the gas station right there and then there's me you know but that was kind of the you know, it's kind of nice. It's like, all right, family, go to a little Saturday drive. We'll run some errands. We'll stop at McDonald's for lunch since you had to come tag along with us. And you know, uh, now it's just like, all right, let's just go to the one shopping plaza and everything's there. And it's still going to take as long as the old days where you had to drive across town uh, because you're going to have to wait that long to find a fucking parking spot. Eh, eh. And now in this place, there uh, Costco is bad enough because it's like it's the retail. That's the that's the one thing I do like is Daniel Webster Highway. The South End is called the retail district, and there's a mall, and across the street from the mall is Costco, and the grocery stores. There's grocery stores, and there's Home Depot, and there's Best Buy, and there's Barnes and Noble, and there's Costco, and there's trader joe's and there's the amazon store which seems to be taking a very long time to open uh and you know all of this stuff but it's it's multiple and it's a pain in the fucking dick it's a parking lot especially at the holidays i'm i'm always happy to see january 2nd roll roll on in because i know the traffic situation is going to get much much better very quickly and i'm okay with that uh 
But at least it's all there's like different spots you can go to. So it's crazy, but it's just like this one strip where you just know there's nothing else here. It's just retail. Just just rest, chain restaurants, big box stores, malls, you know, that kind of thing. Furniture stores, all that shit. And they're not all in the same plaza. And, and that's that's good. But they're going to move that Costco. They're going to move it to an intersection that's already having a lot of problems because they got the BJ's gas station there and the fucking traffic uh, flows out into the middle of the intersection for everybody waiting in line to get their quote-unquote cheap gas. And uh, and they're going to put a Costco. There's, a, there's an old something. I don't know. I don't know what the hell it is. Some old fucking thing. That was back there. That's closed down long ago, uh, right by the the Merrimack River, and that's gonna be that's gonna be where Costco is. Now that's a huge plot of land. It's huge. It makes sense to have Costco there because right now Costco is one of the shittiest parking lots. It's it's entirely too small. It's a horrible parking lot. It's just awful. Versus BJ's, which has a humongous parking lot. On multiple sides of the store, you can always find a space. It's never going to be too crowded. Uh, and it's also, you know, Lowe's and uh, I guess just Lowe's. Is there something else? I feel like there's something else there. But anyway, if you really had to, you go park at Lowe's and walk a little bit. It wouldn't be ideal. But Costco, if you can't find a spot, yeah, forget it, man. Just keep driving around or maybe go home and don't come back. Uh, so at least they're going to move it to a place that's going to have more parking, but I'm trying to figure out how that's not going to be a complete disaster for the intersections. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, how was Christmas? You have a good Christmas. Did you have a good New Year's? I hope you did. Um, Shimo, if you're listening, I know I told you I'd call you on Christmas Day. I had intended to call you on Christmas Eve. Uh, this whole week has been nothing but home buying type stuff. We made an offer on... Did we make the offer on Christmas Eve? No, I think we made it the day before. Maybe it was even the 23rd. I think we made the offer on the 23rd. And then they shot us down on the 24th. Um, which is stupid, but also, like, whatever. It's just a fucking house. I'm not... We see these houses, and we like them, and we make an offer. And if the offer is accepted, that's nice. If not, that's fine. There's going to be many, many more. And I'm not, I've found that I'm not emotionally attached to anything. I can daydream and picture, ooh, this would be nice if, eh. Oh, wouldn't this be a great house to have Christmas? Uh, You know, great, great. But it's also, it's not the end of the world. The first house was really quite lovely. Um, and we made an. I thought we made a really good offer, and I still think I'm. I'm very curious. Actually, let me go on Zillow right now, because I'm dying to know what the offer was. I think there were only two offers. Ours was one of them. And uh, let's see here. Nine. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Such and such street. Tell me. Tell me the history. Do you have the history? They fucking offered the list price. We offered 
We offered $20,000 above asking. And they turned us down because our down payment was, I don't know, 20, 10, 10 or 20 less than what these guys were willing to pay. So, and look, the guy had a fucking Trump Pence button on his uh, little chalk, uh, cork board by his computer. So obviously we're not dealing with an intelligent person. Um, we're dealing with an impatient person who already bought a house and moved into that house and is just looking to get rid of this thing and get as much cash up front as possible. Instead of, hey, well, let's see now. I could I could sell my house for 20 over asking, which we have an offer for that. Or I could sell it for asking, but I'd get 20 more right now. When really in the long run, well, but really you're not getting $20,000 more. You're just getting more right now versus you're, you would actually have gotten $20,000 more for your house. And you accepted an offer for, for the list price. Okay. Enjoy, you stupid idiot who doesn't know how anything works. I can't believe they went with the fucking asking price. And Okay. Well, wasn't meant to be. But you know what? I loved this place because it was walking, walking distance to downtown. All the, There aren't a lot of good restaurants in Nashua. Pretty much all of the good ones are right on Main Street downtown because that's where you will, you will not find many, if any. I don't think, I'm trying to think if there's even one chain restaurant downtown. By chain, I mean, I guess like a local chain, but not even, not even a local chain. There's a place called MT's Kitchen, MT's Local Kitchen, which is maybe one of the best, maybe the best restaurant in town. And it's owned by Michael Timothy's Dining Group, and they own a bunch of other restaurants, but not like there's only one of each, so it's really not a chain. I mean, it's in a restaurant group, but um, I I really got excited. Like, oh man, we could do so much walking to places. No, not need a car to go. Like that's that's what I want to get to. Does that mean I want to go live in you know Manhattan? Mm, mm. Or even you know Boston? Mm. The thought of living near a city center and uh, not having to drive as much to get to places. You know, there's a there's a corner grocery store that's been in business for a million years that was a five-minute walk, and they have great sandwiches that I love. And uh, I was excited about that. And I was excited about, like, oh, wow, there's so much potential in this place. It had been flipped only a few years ago. It has a house from 1850 that had been, like, completely renovated knew everything I, I was shocked that they were uh, listing this house for such a what i say a low price um so i thought hey let's offer 20 more uh, who, what kind of fucking moron's gonna say no to that ah yes one with a trump pence button who does not know how money <laughs> does not know how transactions work you could get more money if you accept the offer that is worth more money or you could get more of your smaller amount of money right now, but long term you're going to get less money. Isn't that it's insane? <sighs> okay. Um, 
I think if it was, uh, well, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, but you know what? The garage, a two-car garage, wasn't attached to the house. It was a little, eh. And to enter from the garage, you'd have to enter the basement. Like, the closest door is the basement if you didn't want to, like, walk all the way around to the front of the house. There were things that would, like, okay, we need to, there's somewhat of a yard. No privacy. It's, you know, but it was things that we were like, yeah, but you could do this, 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 and and kind of make it work. And there was a lot of cool stuff. Really, really nice house. It was really, the layout was great. It was just like, nah, this is this is quite perfect. Um, and we didn't get, didn't get it. Okay, that's cool. No worries. Uh, and then we had looked at another one the, that same day, I think. Uh, and great neighborhood. Reminds me of my parents' house. Reminds me of my grandparents' house. Kind of that classic colonial two-car garage attached to the house. You know, nice back porch. Nice stream. Lovely, lovely stream running water in the back. It's right there on the property. Uh, it's They can't build behind the house, so you're just going to get the same nice wooded sort of view forever. Um, you know little dated stuff definitely lots that will need to be done over the course of however many years um and uh and we were able to it was listed for five thousand not even five thousand dollars more than what we had offered for this other house i said well okay we were going to offer xyz to these other guys and now we'll order xyz plus five thousand that's not that's pretty reasonable and uh, so that's exactly what we did. What is this guy doing? What are you fucking looking at? Slowing down next to my car, you creepy bastard. I'm doing a podcast. Keep moving. <laughs> anyway, all right, I, I got to go. So anyway, yeah, so on, uh, was it Christmas? Christmas Eve, we actually made the offer, oddly enough. Because um, our realtor is fucking awesome. Just, Just an incredible person. Uh, and then, you know, Christmas day was Christmas day. That's all right. And then the day after Christmas, I believe on Monday, we got the, uh, the offer was accepted. I said, holy shit. And then we went and had the inspection on Wednesday and wrote him a nice big check for a deposit for the down payment, a chunk of the down payment, which they promptly cashed. <laughs> and so now we got to go through the whole process and see if, uh, See if that pre-approval letter we got can turn into a real deal approval letter and uh, and get that fucking money and, and get going. They want to close on February 1st. That's awfully aggressive. Uh, but, you know, it can happen. Um, and, of course, we're going into, like, a super busy time at work. So January is going to be fun. Yeah. Fun's, fun is a word that I could use. But, yeah, so we'll see. And then, you know what? And the only thing... Uh, the only thing that's been a pain in the ass with securing funding is that I spent most of last year as a 1099 uh, self-employed. And as I mentioned before on this podcast, that makes it difficult if you're newly self-employed. If you're 1099 and you're in business for years and years and your income uh, pretty much stays the same or if it does change, it's only going up Um and you've got a bunch of tax returns to show and, and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, all right, you're good. Um, but if you're me, <laughs> even though it's the same industry you've been in 
and consistently employed without any gaps whatsoever for the last 15 years. Uh, it's not W-2. So they don't like that. They want, they want more. And they, and really, I think I just need to wait another month or so until I get my 1099s from this past year, from 2022, which is going to show how much I made, um, which is, you know, I guess, I guess the only, the good and the bad of it is it's, it's considerably more than I've ever made in any single year. And it's not even close. Uh, the second best year I had is, uh, it's insane how much the difference. And now I'm at a contract that's W2 that's making close to that same amount. It basically is that same amount of money. And it's like, if people took the time, if you really didn't have like, you know, the same rule that applied to every single person and instead looked at a case by case basis, you'd say, holy shit, let's see, this guy has been paying, always been paying. And and I know the other fun part of home buying is that rent, nobody gives two shits about your rental history. Nobody cares. It means nothing. It's not relevant. It's not important. Nobody wants to see it. Oh, you've been at the same place for almost eight years. And not only have you not missed a payment, you've almost never even been on time with a payment. And that is to say, because you've been early with most payments. On time, it's due on the first. And payment on the first is like the latest that you ever pay. Oh, wow. But the rest of the time you're paying, uh, you know, sometimes weeks in advance of that date. Wow. For almost eight years. It looks like you'd be a, you're a pretty reliable guy. Oh, look at this. Car payments never missed. Interesting, interesting. Uh, let's see, employment. I mean, sometimes you'd have had like the full-time permanent uh, W-2 situation. And much of the last four or five years have been on that more of that contract side, even though it's all exactly the same. It's W-2. It's at will. You could leave at any time. They could make you leave at any time. The only difference is that on a contract, you're actually getting paid for the hours you work as opposed to full-time permanent employment where they can work you uh, 80 hours a week and you're not going to get a penny more than if you worked 40 hours or anything else. That's the only difference is I'm smart enough to know how much I'm worth. And now you, but the, the, the fun trade-off is you get to be punished for that because the government's not interested and many lending institutions are not interested in that. And uh, it makes me crazy. Um, but either way, I mean, by the time we get to February, I'm going to have my year-end 1099 stuff. Yeah. I mean, the, you talk to these guys and the ones that turn me down are like, yeah, you're, we, don't, we don't lend to, to temporary employees. I'm like, temporary? Like, okay. I, I, I get that in, in what you're saying is on paper. It's a temp. Yes, it is temporary. But in reality, it's not any more or less temporary than any other guy. It's not like I'm a mall Santa. Like, okay, I would get it if I showed, if I showed up at a bank on like November 9th and said, "Hey, check this out. I'm making I'm making 50 bucks an hour and I'm working from like 9 in the morning until 9 at night all day every day. I'm making a shit ton of money." Throughout the rest of November and December. Oh, wow, interesting. Well, what, uh, what's, uh, what's the outlook for January? Eh, not so good. Probably like zero. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably starting on like, uh, like after December 24th, it's probably going to be zero. But next November, or maybe even late October, that's going to change. 
uh, what are you telling me? What are you, are you like a mall Santa? Yes, that's exactly what I am. But look how much I'm making an hour. I took home, you know, whatever. And, and that's, that's what makes me crazy is that like to these people, uh, because they're not going to bother, you know, there's no nuance. And I, and I understand that because it makes it a lot easier to just deny somebody, but like to basically be lumped in, you know, to have somebody say, oh, you're a, a temp is a temp is a temp is a temp. And to say like your, your temporary employee status is the same as a mall Santa, even though you work at least 40 hours a week and you're going to be doing that for the next whatever length of time the contract is for. Uh, oh, and, uh, and you've been doing this for several years in the same industry. And let's see, gaps, gaps, gaps. No, just a, just a couple weeks here and there in between jobs. Uh, and that was, some of that was by choice to have a little break, or it was just because they were checking your background and it took a little longer because it was in a goddamn pandemic. Uh, but boy, oh boy, look at here. I mean, you, you had a job that paid for your relocation in 2010 when like right after the, you know, the 2008 crash and nobody could get a job. Well, look who got a job in 2008. You did. Isn't that amazing? And then in 2010, when things weren't that much better than they were, slightly better, but not that much better, still tough. Oh, look at that. You got a job in Florida and they moved you down there because you had such special skill sets that they couldn't find anywhere else. And then you uh, lived in Charlotte. Okay, you were a contractor there. And then they brought you in full time at one of the biggest banks in the universe. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and then you left, you went to Boston and, oh, and they paid for your relocation to move up to, uh, to, to New England, to the Boston area, to New Hampshire. Wow. And you, you were there for two years. Okay. And then you got laid off, but, uh, you, oh, you're okay. You ended on May 31st and then on June, uh, then the following Monday you were, you were at your new job and you, you were there for, uh, uh, for almost two years and then, but then you left immediately for another. Th- okay. So then, so every time you leave, you have something else lined up and you have never experienced a big, huge gaps of unemployment. And technically any unemployment that you have was just the time between the jobs. I see that. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. And you made, oh wow. And last year your income really spiked, even though you were self-employed, it was, why was it? Oh, it was because they couldn't afford you on a W2. So they paid you <laughs> they paid you directly. Cut out the middleman is really the only thing that happened that's different. And you had to submit an invoice and, you know, pay your quarterly taxes uh, and, and kind of be mindful of that rather than have the employer do it for you. Oh, OK. But otherwise, that's been uh, you've been employed. Uh, and, and really, if I'm looking at this, let's see. Any other unemployment was OK. You were in college. Got that. That makes sense. But even when you were in college, you were still employed during much of that time. You know, maybe a junior, senior year during the actual school year, you weren't employed and you just, that's nice. But freshman and sophomore year, you worked full time and did the college thing. And then at the beginning of grad school, oh, you have an MBA. Okay, well, we should take that into consideration. That's probably helping you uh, in addition to your 
in addition to your very specialized skill set, your your degree is really impressive too. Uh, let's see what else here. And you worked during high school. You delivered newspapers from the time you were eleven, so all of middle school, all of high school. Uh, but you left that job your senior year, and then you finished. Oh, and then you had a job a couple months later in retail, and then you got a. Uh, for a, that was temporary because it was a three week blowout sale, and then that ended. And then, and then what'd you do? Oh, you got a job almost immediately after that. So you've pretty much been working since 1991, and without any gaps. And the gaps that you do have are explained by college, grad school. <laughs> but I'm sorry, sir, we're just not seeing enough here. <laughs> That puts you uh, in a in a low risk of giving you money. Sorry, we're just we're just not seeing how you're going to these last thirty years of nonstop employment. I just don't know how that can continue for another thirty years. <sighs> but luckily, there appears to be a couple of places that are like, yeah, no, we're, you're good, you're good. Uh, so we'll we'll see. That's the only that's the only hang up is like okay. Are we going to get final approval? And the only thing that kind of fucks with that is just the fact that, like, yes, I'm back. I'm back at a new job that just started a month ago, but it's also a place that I worked before, and they specifically brought me back because it was me. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to interview a bunch of No, bring him back. <sighs> but, yeah, me and the mall Santa... And the fucking uh, receptionist from Manpower who's covering a maternity leave. All the same. Yeah, it's apples to apples. Fucking dummies. So that's all. It's all good fun. It's all a lot of good fun to go through this whole process. But, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're making some, making some progress. Uh, you know, and I drove past the house yesterday just for the hell of it. And it's like, goddamn... If this really truly is going to end up being ours, this is this is fantastic. This is going to be great. And the homeowners are lovely people and I haven't I don't know them. I haven't met them, but they're, you know, we were able to negotiate them leaving behind all kinds of great stuff that we need that's going to be useful. It's very nice. It's very generous. It's like it's just a perfect scenario and yeah, just got to <laughs> Just got to get that whole uh, the whole financing thing secured, which is you know it's being worked as we well maybe not in the last few days because it's been holidays, but you know all all good things. And if it's not, that's okay too. It's it's just gives us more time to save even more and uh, and have that tax information, you know, to submit my taxes and have it be done. You know, it only helps. And the farther we go along into this year, 2023, the closer I'm going to be. Uh, the place that I am now, I hope that this is just it. Uh, 15 years with a lot of job hopping and stuff like that because I wanted to get fucking paid. Because if you stay loyal to your company, you're not going to get paid. Sorry that I went against the grain of the traditional, oh, you should work there and you should work your way up. The Fuck that. I'm not interested. But now I've gotten to a place where I'm worth something. 
And I have a record, a track record that proves my worth of why I charge what I charge. And, and I have a bunch of people. I have two consecutive places where I did not interview. They just knew me from before and said, we, you are coming back. We are hiring you back. And yes, we are going to pay you this amount because that's how much we want you here. And unfortunately, you know, it's tough for people looking to just <laughs> let you have their m- people looking to sell you their money want to make sure that you can pay it back. And but but not to the extent that they're willing to really, you know, look at the fine print here and say, wow, geez, I mean, yeah, I guess technically the guy's a contractor. It's it is te- technically temporary, but kind of in the same way that life is temporary. You know, none of this is. None of this is permanent, so maybe maybe stop being sticklers. And yeah, he's not a mall Santa. He's not filling in for uh, you know Kathy's maternity leave for a couple months. Uh, you know, <sighs> the guy's got some fucking traction. So, but but I do I do you know I do hope that this contract does turn into permanent employment. Yes, I know I'm not going to be able to just get paid for the hours that I work. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be working more than 40 and not getting paid for it, but I'm going to be okay with that. Uh, when it comes time to have vacations and, you know, holidays and stuff like that and still get paid for those. So, you know, there's a trade-off. Uh, but anyway, so that's what's, that's what this whole week has been. It's just been very busy. (laughs) It was every bit the relaxing, sit around and do nothing uh, week that I had hoped it would be. Ha ha ha. Um, I feel like there was a, there were some relaxing moments in between though. There were some nice times here and there. Uh, I, but not nothing was as relaxing as the two weeks that I had back in November and early December in between the two uh, the two jobs. Because that was just straight up, I don't have any place to go. I don't have any work that needs to be done. I'm going, I, and I'm tired, and I'm going to sleep. Uh, I'm going to get up and take the kids to school, and I'm going to come back home, and I may just hop right back into bed around 8.15, 8.30, and I may stay there until 1 o'clock, and I, I may not give two flying fucks about that. And that's kind of sort of pretty much exactly what happened. That was actual relaxation. And I didn't feel, usually I don't like that. I don't want to sleep in. I feel like I've missed the day. I've wasted. I didn't feel that at all. I was just happy. Just completely. Uh, and I I never get that. And it, I could almost cry thinking about it. It made me feel so good. And this week was not that. Now, it was nice to sleep in a little bit because the kids obviously didn't have to go to school. And, uh, you know, to be able to just kind of show up and do work on my own time because nobody else was working because it's a firm. The whole place was like off for the holidays. Um, and I also did a ton of work. And so I it's also nice too. Instead of like, oh my gosh, I haven't checked my email in a week and a half. What's going to be in my inbox? Oh my god, it's just crazy, crazy. No, I know what to. I, I know what's in my inbox because I just looked at it yesterday. <laughs> it's all good. So yeah, so that's what's up. Christmas Eve was lovely. Went to 
uh, my aunt and uncle's house who live an hour from here, who we used to spend every Christmas Eve with them when we were kids because they would drive to my grandmother, my grandparents' house in Clifton Park, uh, which I fucking love that. I make fun of Clifton Park, but I mean, I have so many of my happiest, fondest memories in Clifton Park. And it's a lovely, lovely place, despite how crappy the uh, commercial architecture looks. Uh, it is a lovely place. It is a fantastic place to raise a family, good schools, yada, yada, yada. A lot of douchebags, but hey, it's okay. Uh, also a lot of really good people. Um, <laughs> but we would have our Christmas Eve at, at grandmama and grandpapa's every year from, I mean, really from the 60s, but from the time I was born until 10 years ago was the last Christmas Eve we had at my grandmother's house. Um, anyway, <laughs> the wife's closing the shades. Oh, cause it's dark out and she waved to me. Um, maybe I should just turn off my lights. Yeah. Anyway, I realize my headlights are just shining right in the, um, and, uh, yeah. And, and, my parents and my sister and I and my mother's two sisters and their husbands, my uncles, we would all get together on Christmas Eve. I looked forward to it. I can't even tell you how happy it made me to be at to 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 be December twenty fourth around uh, four or five p.m. and getting in the car with a with boxes of presents, gift wrapped to go put under my grandparents' Christmas tree and to have dinner and to have snacks and to have potato chips, chips and dip and peanuts and shrimp cocktail and crackers and cheese and all the lovely things that you want to have out and cookies and, you know, all these treats and have a delicious dinner and then to open presents and to have a delicious dessert of cookies and brownies and pie and ice cream and, oh, my God. And, uh... I, my favorite night of the year my absolute christmas morning is wonderful see what santa brings you but christmas eve because you have the presents and the family and the food and the festive thing and still you also have the anticipation anticipation oh my god and i had anticipatory in my head anticipation of what's to come in the next uh you know, 12 hours or so of Santa and all of that. I just, there's nothing, there's no better day than Christmas Eve. And, uh, and, and I hadn't seen, uh, because my, my aunt Janet and uncle Rick, you know, they became parents in the early nineties and the first couple of years they would bring, uh, my cousin out and we'd still all get together. And then you get to a point where it's like, yeah, everybody, you know, you want to have your own Christmas. And if you live an hour or more, or in in this case, uh, you know, my aunt and Uncle Rick, that's a four-hour drive out to New York. And they would have Christmas Eve and be there with the family and then get up very early Christmas Day and drive home. And that's a lot. (laughs) Because I know that because for the last seven years, we have spent most Christmases in North Carolina. And my kids, you know, the the Santa thing is is no longer uh, really a thing. But... During those times it was, and so we would have to coordinate and make sure that their present that Santa left the presents at home in New Hampshire, but also we had to make sure that Santa left some presents uh, down in North Carolina at whichever grandparents' house we were staying at. 
and it was a lot of work. And then if you're flying down, you have to make sure that the presents are not wrapped because you can't have wrapped presents going through TSA, the checkpoints and all that stuff. And but you also have to make sure that if they're opening your carry ons, that the kids don't see what's in there uh, because then the jig is up. And you also have to make sure that when you're leaving, uh, when you're leaving home to go to North Carolina, that the kids are able to get pack their stuff and get into the car. And then somehow there has to be Santa Claus presence underneath that tree when you come back and walk through the door, which means that while the kids are getting in the car, a parent has to very quickly and feverishly and very stealthily, uh, put the Santa things under the tree. And it's a very carefully well-coordinated, and you have to type the Santa letter on the special Santa paper with the special... I mean, it's it all has to be just perfect. And what does that mean? It means the kids have a great Christmas, and that's all I care about. And it also means that the parents are as exhausting as Christmas is, no matter what. That is just an endless layers of extra exhaustion, whether it's flying or driving or whatever... And it's, it's a, it's a whole hell of a lot. (laughs) That's what I can, it's a whole heck of a lot to do. And so I totally understand why my aunts and uncles stopped coming to Christmas. Well, because, you know, one set of aunt, one aunt and uncle lives in New Hampshire. That's a four hour drive. And now they have a kid. And right around the time that that their kid, my cousin turned uh, probably about two or three is when they stopped coming out for Christmas Eve. It was very sad for me. But I, I got it. I even then I was like, yeah, I get it. I, I as a child, all of my Christmas mornings were at my own house, my own Christmas tree, and I got to, and we had Christmas dinner at our house, so it was great. I didn't have to go anywhere. You know, maybe we'd go to church in the morning, okay, but otherwise we just hang out and play with our toys and our video games and just have a really nice day. And uh, and so. So I got that when when uh, when people stopped coming to Christmas Eve because it was like, yeah, be home, go home and stay home and relax, have your own Christmas. And then my aunt uh, and uncle would come out a few days later. And so it was like, oh, we're still kind of having Christmas Eve. We're just ha- now we have an extra bonus dinner at my grandmother's house. And it was great. It was a happy, happy time. I I I actually loved that they stopped coming to Christmas Eve because now we have an extra thing to uh, event to look forward to somewhere between uh, you know, the 26th and the first, uh, and then my other, uh, you know, aunt Carolyn and uncle Pete, they moved to, uh, to Florida. So that wasn't really a, a feasible thing for them to come up and they had their own. My cousin was also the same age. It's like, yeah, he's going to have his own Christmas down there. And, and it's now it's kind of at the point where, uh, my kids love going to North Carolina I don't love going to North Carolina. I hate going to North Carolina. I love, I've talked about, I love seeing my loved ones who are in North Carolina. I love being at my parents' house in North Carolina. I love being at my in-laws' house in North Carolina. I love being at my sister and brother-in-law's house in North Carolina. I do not like going anywhere else in North Carolina except for those three homes. And as soon as I step out of those homes and out of that neighborhood and go elsewhere, I'm very miserable. Because that's not where I want to be. 
what I want to be with my family at that time and, and my in-laws and, you know, the whole, the whole gang, the, the closest family that I have is all within five minutes of each other. So of course we'll go to North Carolina because it makes sense. And the kids get to see their cousins and we all have a fabulous time. And the drive down is a fucking nightmare and the drive back home is a fucking nightmare and it's just a lot of driving it's a lot of work so two years ago we didn't go because it was a pandemic last year we came out of the pandemic and said we'll be we'll be there um to make up for lost time and we stayed for the full week usually we only stay for a few days and then we come back so we can have at least three or four days uh to rest and relax before back to school back to work um, but last year we went down there, uh, we got there on Christmas Eve, we drove through the night and got there bright and early on Christmas Eve morning and then promptly went upstairs to bed and had naps, uh, that didn't, weren't enough, wasn't enough sleeping, but still we had a nice, and Christmas Eve was what, like a Friday, Christmas was Saturday. So even after Christmas, you still had Sunday to kind of relax. And it was my mother-in-law's last week of work. She retired. Uh, right around 5 p.m. on December 31st, 2021. She logged off for the last time and we had a nice celebration at her house. Normally, we've I don't think we've ever, uh, not counting the times that we actually lived in Charlotte, that was the first time that we've ever been there that late in the Christmas holiday week because we're always back home for New Year's. Um, but this one, we stayed for New Year's Eve so that we could have a nice New Year's Eve celebration with the whole family and celebrate my mother-in-law uh joining my father-in-law in retirement as well as my parents who had been retired for a very long time uh so now all the grandparents were retired and that was a, as of a year ago and so we wanted to be there for that and then we drove back uh new year's day got up at like five in the morning uh on saturday new year's day drove all the way home and got home at i don't know whatever t- we left at six or seven in the morning and got home at 9, 10 at night. I don't even remember. Maybe 11. And then did the presents. Santa's presents. Even though it wasn't, you know, the kids, the, the jig was up last year. But so they knew it wasn't Santa presents. But we still, we got home late that Saturday night. Did presents. And then had one whole day to rest and recover before it was back to work and back to school. So it was, it was a challenge. And then this year, uh, the child had, we had a doctor's appointment midweek that we had been on, you know, waited six months to get this appointment and uh, didn't want to miss it. But also we thought, we're going to either have to drive, um, you know, all day on Saturday on, on Christmas Eve and maybe get there or leave Friday night and we'll get there late on Christmas Eve and we could have Christmas Eve in North Carolina and we could have Christmas Day in North Carolina and then pretty much Monday afternoon we'd have we'd basically have we basically would have had like one full day Sunday and maybe we could have had all of Monday and then got up early on Tuesday driven back home and then had the appointment Wednesday and we all just said it's too much it's too much we can't do that and and next Christmas, we're going to be in our own house. And I've already invited the family. We'll see what happens. It would be nice to have our first Christmas in our new house next year, to have the whole family there. Uh, we'll see. I, I, you know, again, everybody likes to have their own Christmas at their own place. And uh, for many, many years, our Christmas was, you know, I've said before, we had Burger King for Christmas dinner one year because we were on the road heading to North Carolina. So it's a lot. And, uh, 
anyway. And but but it's but it's also sad when you know you want to have your cake and eat it too. I would I really missed you know Christmas Eve with uh, the immediate fan, with my parents and my in laws and my sister and brother in law and cousins. But we had a great Christmas Eve at my aunt Janet and Uncle Rick's house, and he did the feast of the seven fishes. Um, and he, oh my God, they had mussels on a half shell with, I, I don't know what they put on it, uh, this honey mustard kind of thing and, um, breadcrumbs and they had scallops and bacon wrapped scallops and shrimp and, 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 and calamari and, uh, oh my God, so many things I can't even remember. And I just, I, oh my God. And then all the homemade cookies which were just, I mean, perfection, perfection. It was so fucking nice. Uh, even though I'm, you know, I, I again, I missed my parents and my in-laws and sister, brother-in-law, cousins, or, or, or nephews, I should say, my kids' cousins. You know, that's a special thing that we, you know, didn't get to have two years ago and we didn't get to have it this year. Um, but to be able to be with, you know, with, with family and have like a really fun Christmas Eve was nice. And then Christmas day, we just hung out We you know, the kids got their presents and, and I don't even remember what we did on Christmas day. We just hung out and we had a good time and the week was pretty much just a blur. It was just like doing house stuff to try and, you know, get locked into this house, cutting a lot of checks for things. Uh, and now, people will be back from the holidays and hopefully sooner than later. And I know the whole, the underwriting process is not a short one. I I know that I fully know exactly what every step is involved in. Cause I worked in, I fucking work in banking. I did a whole process map of a, of a, of a, a journey map of the, of the life of the mortgage, you know, from application to closure and all that. Uh, so I, I know what to expect. Um, and that's okay. We'll do it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll do it and we'll, we'll get there when we get there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully a couple months I'll have the old podcast studio set up in the new, in the new place. <laughs> but, uh, and by podcast studio, I mean just a different room for me to talk into my phone. Um, but yeah, that's what this week was. Watched a lot of movies. I don't even remember what we watched. Uh, some good, some bad. We actually watched the musical Cats that came out a few years ago and it was even worse than we thought it would be and we didn't finish it and then we went and watched Sweeney Todd to cleanse the palate because that's one of the greats of all time and what other movies we watched movies and I can't even remember Glass Onion sure we watched that we started watching White Lotus which is okay it's intriguing I watched so much stuff and I don't even remember what we watched all kinds of movies. Jesus, I can't even recall. Who cares? But we had a good time. Lots of taffy. Lots of fun. And uh, speaking of taffy, it's 5 o'clock on Monday. It all begins tomorrow. Back to school. Back to reality, baby. Uh, so I'm going to go have some taffy right now to try and forget that that's what's coming uh, very, very soon. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas. I hope you all had a great holiday, a great Christmas, a great Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year. Whatever you celebrate, if you celebrate none of those, I hope it was just a a quiet, relaxing week. Uh, And I really ate a whole lot of good good stuff, man. It was a good week. Uh, I tried not to get too, like, there's so many times where I'm just, like, 
truly legitimately depressed because the holidays are over. And I'm not feeling that now, which is a good thing. But the trade-off is that I tried not to get too Christmassy feeling during the week. I had Christmas tunes playing every day up until and including yesterday. Lots of football was watched. Lots of video. I played a ton of Elden Ring. I played a ton of Steam Deck games. What the hell was I playing? I don't even remember. I was playing Elden Ring on the Steam Deck. I was playing uh, uh, the, 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 the game with the fucking guy from Walking Dead. Uh, which I'm really enjoying. It's slow paced, but it's good. Uh, oh, Sackboy. I've been playing some Sackboy. I've been playing Red Dead 2, which I love. One of my favorite games of all time. I kind of started playing that again, even though I should be playing games I haven't played before. But also, you know, if I'm going to go with that logic, then I would never watch another episode of Seinfeld or Simpsons or The Office or Curb or Sunny in Philadelphia because I've seen them. So, like, Play, you know, enjoy the shit that you enjoy. <sighs> and I feel like there is so... Watch, and I watch movies that I have seen, but I know that I like them. Uh, like The Revenant and Hateful Eight. Uh, snowy, snowy things, like wintry movies that are really good. Not necessarily Christmassy, but wintry, you know? Uh, oh, I took the kids skiing Friday night, our first skiing trip of the season up to Pat's Peak. And I had my nachos and my alcoholic hot chocolate, and I watched football, and I had a great time, and I can't wait to do more, and who knows, maybe if there's, it's probably not going to happen this year, because any extra penny that I have is going into, uh, you know, closing costs and whatnot, but, you know, if I get a a decent pair of skis, I would love to join my kid up on the mountain and do a little, little skiing, so we'll see. Uh, 2022 was a very stressful, very busy year, but it was a good year. It was a good one. And 2023, I hope to continue that even more so. So here's to your 2023. Happy New Year. Uh, we're going to have fun on the podcast. We're going to have all kinds of good shit. You can probably tell how fucking dry my mouth is. Mm. Some water. Go back inside. And uh, that's it. Happy holidays, gang. Happy New Year. And uh, here's to a great 23, 2023 for all of you, for me, for the podcast, for everybody. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. And we'll talk to you next time. So for the first podcast of 2023, first birthday boy podcast of 2023, this is your old pal Johnny Boy saying later, Gators.